Hello, everyone. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bassock. We are sitting in the Browns media room. Uh, my recorder is fried because we were out at practice today in the rain and at Kevin Stefanski's press conference in the rain. So we're doing this on either Ashley's recorder or my phone. So I know the audio is not always great, but that's okay. We're still going to talk lots of football. They did practice today in the rain. I guess we have to start on the injury injury front because there was a lot of news there today. Let's start with the good. So we go out to practice today, Mary Kay, and Sione Takitaki and Anthony Walker Jr. are back in team drills for the first time. Jakeem Grant is in team drills for the first time, returning kicks. So that's the good news, getting three potentially key players back on the football field participating in team drills. Oh, you know, less than a week here now before, actually exactly a week before they head to Philly. Yeah, really, really good for the team to see Sione Takitaki and Anthony Walker back out there at the linebacker spot. That's so vitally important. Uh, These guys coming off those season-ending injuries and those surgeries for really serious, serious injuries. Same thing with Jakeem Grant and Achilles. Uh, That's a really tough thing to come back from. Uh, but he's made it back from that. Now, the only little thing about Jakeem that we just have to keep a bit of an eye on is that he kind of limped into the field house. And that could just be the fact that he went out there and participated fully in practice for the first time coming off of an Achilles injury, and it's probably sore as heck. Uh, so it's probably not anything serious. But again, good to see all those three guys out there. Um, you know, when you see guys go down like that, uh, you know, everybody feels for them. Everybody's heart breaks when you see how hard a guy works and then they go out, you know, for a year or more. So it was a good sight to see them back. So let's kind of focus on the two linebackers and then let's talk a little more about Jakeem. So Ashley with Walker and Taki Taki, I think they are, I, I'm curious to see how this linebacker playing time plays out. How many linebackers are on the field, who it is. It wouldn't surprise me if, if those two guys are healthy, if they end up being the starters. Uh, it could certainly yeah. be Jeremiah Wusukoromoa too. Matthew Adams, who's hurt right now, could be in play. But I mean, I think those two guys fit really well. And I think of like the big three of those two, and then JOK, they're probably the most consistent of the group. They're the most known of the group. And I wonder if there's a little comfort in that for Jim Schwartz and Jason Tarver. I think so too. And first of all, like I am kind of like pleasantly surprised that we saw them in team drills today because like they were both just doing individual drills every other day at the Greenbrier and they've already kind of progressed this quickly. So I think that's definitely a good sign like that they're haven't been hindered in in what they've been doing which is good for both of those injuries but I agree you know I think Taki Taki last year really stepped up in the wake of some of those earlier linebacker injuries Um, and I'm thinking the timeline of which Anthony Walker was down already Jacob Phillips was down already JOK hadn't been hurt yet so he was the third one and he just kind of showed, I think, that he could be an every down kind of backer, that he wasn't just a run stopper. He, I think, has gotten like to show last year his quickness, his almost sideline to sideline ability. He's not quite JOK, but like he's, I think, more athletic than people give him <laughs> credit for. I'll phrase it that way. Um, so, and with Anthony Walker, I mean, again, you know, we just always kind of talk about his communication ability, which can't be understated. I think that's more important than anything physical that he does, because you watch him out there. He's just like, 
he'll just tell people where to go. He's like very good at just managing that whole defense during games when he's out there. So that's what those two bring. I think it's their biggest strengths. And I do think with those three, if you're looking at a lot of situations where, hey, you might only have two linebackers on the field at a given time, they just are the obvious three to me if they're all healthy. Yeah, Mary Canton, Jason Tarver talked about Anthony Walker. Um, he's kind of like a coach. Like he's already helping these young guys out and he wants to know like why things happen. He wants to know why they do something. Um, so he's got that coach in him. He's the coach's son. You can just tell when you talk to him. So having him back on the field, I think that makes a difference. Like it's great to have a guy in the meeting room. It's great to have a guy off to the side, but it is different when that guy's on the field, I think too. And then Taki Taki, that those last five games that he started last year between it was weeks eight and 13, he was really good and he played a lot of snaps and there was, you know, you're starting to wonder like, could he get a multi-year extension? Like, is he going to be around here for a while? And then of course he gets hurt. He, he comes back on a one-year deal. I, I just think again, what, what I said to Ashley, like, are those two guys just the most sure things, just the most reliable guys at the start of the season, if they're healthy. And then you kind of figure out the rest behind them. Yeah. You know, I think so. I think so because uh, as we've come to figure out Jason Tarver really values that veteran presence, that experience where a guy, where the game has slowed down and they know exactly where to be and when to be there. And I think that's been the issue that he's had lately a little bit with JOK is that he needs him to know exactly, you know, what he's seeing and where to, where to fit into the defense. And so, you know, that's happened for Sione Takitaki. You know, he just is very natural out there on the field, whereas JOK is still coming up that learning curve. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you can get that kind of veteran experience out there and guys being uh, where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, I think that's uh, something that both Jim Schwartz and Jason Tarver will value. Now, having said that, you also want some of that uh, extreme athleticism that you can get from a JOK and, you know, some of the other guys that you have at that position. So what JOK might not have in terms of natural instincts for the defense or the game at the moment, he can make up for that with his closing speed and with his hustle. So, you know, I think you're going to want to get plenty of that on the field. Yeah, and then just another note, he talked about how it was sort of like listening to Brandon Lynch, and we talked about that on the podcast on Sunday. There, these guys' roles might be different game to game. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to play that matchup game on, on that back end and in that back seven. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, Jakeem Grant, obviously he's here because of his returnability. Now, they're going to use him at receiver if he makes the roster. Do you think, Mary Kay, this is Jakeem Grant's return job to lose if, assuming that, you know, this whatever reason he was limping around after practice, if it was just soreness, if it's still just kind of slowly working back, if he's good to go week one, is it his job to lose in the return game? You know, you would think so, but I think that this training camp was all about figuring out, does he have his speed? Does he have his explosiveness? And how is he coming off the injury? And that's the whole key. And even though we are all sitting here hoping that him limping into the field house was just a matter of course, and that's what happens when you go out and you practice it full for the first time since you ruptured your Achilles a year ago, but it was a little bit disturbing. Yeah. It was a little bit disturbing to see it because he's 30 years old. And that is a tough injury to come back from. And a lot of times guys say, 
you're not yourself the first year back from Achilles. I'm sure Grant Delpit would be the first person to say that to Jakeem or anybody else who suffers an Achilles injury. You might not be yourself the first year, but you're going to start to feel like yourself the next year. But when you're talking about returning and you're talking about uh, speed as your strength, you know, you have to be able to run. So I think we have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, and this is his second one. And it was the same one that he injured in Miami. And, like, he was told, when, when I talked to him at the Greenbrier, he, he was told that it was, like, a 5% chance that you would re-injure or, like, whatever it was. I think he either said 1 in 5 or 5% that you're going to injure, re-injure that Achilles, that same Achilles, and then he does it. So that's the other complication, Ashley, is, like, it's not even that this is his first one like it was with Grant. This is number two, and he's 30 years old. And it's like what Mary Kay was getting at. What's he good at? Like, he's a really elusive, small, shifty returner and a receiver when they put him in the offense. So that's the exact kind of injury that you don't want, and you understand why, okay, you might be more prone to injuring that, given what he's so good at. Um, So I I do think it's unfortunate. I mean, we caught that. It caught our eye right away when we saw him walking into the locker room because it's like, wait, what what Achilles was that again? Which way is he limping? Like, the limp was just – it was obvious enough. And, like, you know, it's not like he had to come out of practice. But it is just not what you want to see as you continue to kind of ramp up. Um, So it's definitely just something, at least right now, to keep an eye on. Ramp up. Ramp up. That's, that's part nice. of the that's part of the part of the orange and brown talk drinking game. I was gonna say that <laughs> would make up. a great drinking game. <laughs> training game. We need to come up with like a training camp bingo board or like yeah. drinking game and ramp up needs to be a very important we we've actually avoided that phrase for a couple we a couple have. of pods here, but now with guys coming back from injury, uh, we, we can't do it. Another scare for this team, Mary Kay, was Jerome Ford. Uh, you and I were right there. We saw him after a run. He hopped off the field, didn't put any pressure on his right leg, did stand on the sideline with both feet on the ground. So that that was encouraging, at least. And then he sits down with one of the trainers, kind of gets the back of his knee worked on. Uh, They take him into the training room. We find out after practice it's a hamstring. We talked about it again on Sunday's podcast. Jerome Ford is really important for this football team, and he is He's the number two back. He didn't play on Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game. That tells you all you need to know. He's the number two guy. So, you know, if he's out for, let's say he's out for a week or something like that, if, even if it's not something serious that keeps him out for a long time at least, how far would that set him back, even to miss that amount of time? It could set him back significantly because, once again, when you are talking about that kind of a position where you're a runner – and you need to use those legs uh, to move distances as fast as you can get there. You need your hamstrings for that. And fair. we were we were told it was a hamstring. Uh, I actually saw Jerome later in the day, and uh, and he had a sleeve, and it sort of went over the knee, and so that made me think. You know, is is it actually a hamstring, or does it have also something perhaps to do with the knee? I don't know. We were told it was a hamstring. So we're going to go with that for right now. Um, but he he's, was walking around when I saw him, and he wasn't yeah. limping. So that's always a good sign. When you walk off the field, that's so much better than getting carted off the field. So, you know, I thought that was good. Uh, and also, you know, he gave me the thumbs up that, you know, basically saying I'm going to be okay. Uh, so I think that was good. And, um, 
you know, it, he should be all right, I guess, at least, you know, after a, a short period of time. But he's really what they have at backup running back right now. I mean, Demetric Felton came into this camp on the bubble. And Jerome Ford is it. I mean, he is the new Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So you can't afford to lose him right now. And even though there is talk that Nick Chubb is going to be playing more on third down and catching the ball more out of the backfield, Jerome is, you know, he's your change-up guy. He's your third down back. He's your, you know, get Nick Chubb out of there for a little bit, let him catch his breath. And, you know, Jerome said yesterday when we talked to him, he's ready to kind of go out there and sort of put on a show. So they need him. Yeah, I mean, Ashley, Jerome, uh, Nick's snaps will go up. But you still want to be able to give him, like, two series off in right. a row or something. You know, just give him some time to sit on that sideline. Because especially if you're going to have leads, that's when you really want to be able to feed Nick Chubb as late in games. And you want to keep him fresh for those times to really just kill the clock in the fourth quarter and rack up those rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's obviously important to have a backup running back that you can trust. And, you know, we spent a lot of time, I think, talking about Demetri Felton yesterday. But, Dan, like you said yesterday, it's not – it's not nothing, I think, that Demetric didn't start in that Hall of Fame game. Like, it's, it says something that they put John Kelly out there first, um, even though Demetric seemed, the vibe check, fine, you know, <laughs> with, with how he did and everything else. And, you know, there's the possibility of his familiarity with DTR playing a part in that, I'm sure. But it's interesting, I think, that they put, it almost seems like so much confidence into Ford, even though we haven't seen him a lot. And part of that was because we didn't need to see him a lot last year when they still had Kareem Hunt and could have Deshaun Watson, and, or not Deshaun Watson, <laughs> Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt carry the ball most of the time for them. So, I mean, it would, I think, be unfortunate if he were to go out now because you're missing, you know, if you're missing time, that's three preseason games still that they have left to play. There is still that ramp up, I'll say it again, period, <laughs> before the season actually starts. And these camp practices, I think, are vital so these guys can learn how to work together and their cadences and their rhythms and, and everything else. So, um, again, it's just something to be aware of and keep an eye on these next few practices. And the other thing about Jerome Ford that he has to figure out how to do is pick up the blitz. Mm -hmm. And they have to know that he can do that. Before they can put him out there on third down, they have to know that he can protect, he can block like that. He's got to be able to help uh, protect Deshaun Watson in those very clutch key situations. And the truth of the matter is, they don't really know that yet when the, when the fur is flying and the chips are down. And so if he misses any length of time, you're going to lose that data. If, if he misses the Philly practices, yeah. especially, like... It, it would be great to just get him out there in some preseason games. You can find some stuff out. But those Philly practices will be a good test for a lot of things because it's a defense you don't know. It's still a controlled environment, so I think that's a good thing. And it's one of the best pass rushes in football. So that, that's a great test. And if you don't have Jerome Ford to kind of put out there and, and test that out, that, that hurts you. Because especially, like, you're not going to expose Nick Chubb more in those practices. So then you're dealing with... Here's more John Kelly. Here's more Demetric Felton. And like you said, Mary Kay, especially with Felton, he's, he's really on the bubble. Kelly's price still a practice squad guy. Maybe he can play his way onto the 53 if, if Ford is out for a little while. But, I, you know, you, you want to be able to have those two guys getting real work and real reps. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, really, when you think about it, Nick Chubb is not getting younger, and he does have – tread on the tires and you don't want to run him into the ground one of the reasons why he has been able to stay fresh for the fourth quarter 
and for the end of the season is because they have done a nice job of limiting his carries, limiting his touches, and the contact that he gets. They haven't let him get beat up. Now is not the time to start overusing Nick Chubb. I mean, if you want to extend uh, you know, his career, then you, know, you really have to be judicious about that. Okay, I got a question for you. It popped in my head while we were talking. And it's something we saw at practice. I think I've asked you this before, but I just I can't help myself when it comes to the quarterback position. DTR, everybody loved him on Thursday night. So today, and we, we don't know the exact reason. I don't know if they just didn't want Dobbs throwing a ton today or something. But DTR was taking some work with the second team, and Dobbs was kind of sitting out. Um, so I don't think there's anything to read into that necessarily. But I do wonder, is there any scenario at all like it can be a 0.001% chance that we get to the end of training camp and they decide that they want DTR to be the backup any scenario Mary Kay at all you know what I was asked that same question on the radio today okay I was asked that on the radio and I I answered no I I said no because he is a rookie now he does have a lot of experience playing the game of football because he started for five years but I think that Joshua Dobbs is absolutely 100% their backup, and I don't think that there's anything they're going to see in this training camp that is going to change their minds about that. If that happens, I would be absolutely shocked. So I'm with you, and we were talking about this. We were standing there kind of just watching one-on-ones and stuff at the beginning of practice, a group of us, and we were kind of having this discussion. And, And I'm of the belief that Thursday night they told us a lot by who didn't play. So the fact that Josh Dobbs didn't play just reinforced what we knew all along. He is the backup quarterback. That's not changing. But then I see DTR take some second team reps today, Ashley, which again, I don't think it means anything, but it did happen. And I just wonder, is there some tiny sliver of a chance that it could happen? And I'm with Mary Kay. I don't think there is. And I worry that, you know, boring podcasting, you're going to, you're going to agree with us on this too. I am. I mean, I think the, it is boring. I think like the only way would be if Josh Dobbs got a significant injury in like a preseason game they played in or something like that is quite literally, I think the only scenario I can imagine where that would be a thing because I've said it before. It's like they went out and they purposefully, I think got Joshua Dobbs. He has, a long, long, long-standing relationship with Deshaun Watson, which we've referenced before. Um, I think that's part of it. He's obviously been in Cleveland before. I think that's part of it. Like, there are all these reasons that I think I get why DTR is the talk right now because he did really well in that game, and he's kind of like the shiny new quarterback in the room, so to speak, yeah. this year. I mean, he's the only guy that's quote-unquote new, right? Um, and I think when they got him, it was with the intention of him being the future backup quarterback. Um, And I think there's something to letting a young guy come in and not really having any pressure other than to work on and like work on what he needs to work on and develop into a potential NFL quarterback. Like that's all there is. And I think that's plenty for him to worry about this year. Well, and let's not forget that this time a year ago, People are talking about Josh Dobbs. Right. Should Josh Dobbs start instead of Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. We, you know, so he looked, he was like electric in the preseason. So yeah. I'm sure. It's it was, There's some fan recency bias, I think, happening yeah. here with this discussion too. Yeah. And then when guys look good in the preseason, it's just, it's easy to get caught up, especially mm-hmm. at that position. We know, we know that very well in this city. Well, think about every preseason, 
there is that sort of like star yeah. Yeah. that that the fans all latch onto and everybody falls in love with this player whether it's a receiver or running back or a backup quarterback and it's really preseason folly what it is what it is so uh, you know DTR is a good developmental quarterback and he did a really nice job in that game he did his job the moment wasn't too big for him and he showed the poise of someone who has started for 48 games. But people get a little too caught up in the moment. And the truth of the matter is, he's going to be the third quarterback on the team this year. Yeah, and I do wonder when we're actually going to see them make that kind of official switch. Because on Sunday, my days are all messed up. I don't remember what day it was what. But on Sunday, it was still Kellen Mond taking third team reps. And... DTR taking fourth team reps. And at some point, they've just got to look in the mirror and say, you know what, what are, what are we doing here? We know, we've known since we drafted DTR what this quarterback room is going to look like. So at some point, they just have to, like, pull the trigger and say, okay, sorry, Kellen, you're running fourth team now because this is the way it was always going to be. And, look, Kellen knows too. I'm sure he, if you got him in an honest moment, he would say, yeah, I get it. I know it's going to happen. Um, okay, anything else here today? We heard from Bill Callahan. We heard from Jason Tarver, uh, David Njoku. Who else? Sioni Takitaki. Anything stand out? I, mean, I think what we – I don't – the days – as we <laughs> talked about, the days are, are long here, and there's no such thing as days. But I don't think we've talked about on a podcast that Alex Wright, Isaiah Thomas. We have not, actually. Injuries That's a good... now being – Signif- like more significant, I think, than you would want them to be at this stage. And we don't know how much time either is going to miss. And they've brought in some help now to try to mitigate some of that. Yeah, so that's what I get for starting positive off the top. I just completely <laughs> forgot about that. Both knee injuries. Both, <laughs> yeah. both would have knee injuries now, which we do know. But that's that's about it. We know Alex Wrights is his right leg. And I think it's unfortunate. I'll start the discussion off since, uh, to give you some time to regroup, Dan. <laughs> I think it's, it's significant, number one, because we know Jim Schwartz likes to rotate these guys. And I think both of them, in theory, had an opportunity to show something through these next practices, preseason games, whatever. Um, and I also think like just from a personal development perspective from both of these guys, they both had work. They both, I think, showed flashes of things they were good at last year. But I think it's always unfortunate, especially when these young guys need to miss chunks of training camp. Yeah. And there's so there's a math element to this, too, where when you do the roster math, you probably could have gotten either or both of those guys to your practice squad if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But now if they're going to be hurt to start the season, you have to put them on your 53 so that you can put them on IR and still be able to bring them back. Because if you do it before the 53 cut down, they have to go on IR for the year they're done. So that kind of complicates things as you go forward and you kind of play the numbers game there. Uh, But Mary-Kate, first, look, neither of them really did much in the Hall of Fame game. We talked about that a little bit on Friday, I think. And that was disappointing but they were still in the mix and this just hurts your depth at that position for, and for what Ashley was saying, like Jim Schwartz is going to rotate guys in. There's still opportunities for those guys. Yeah. I mean, they both had the chance to try to step up into that defensive end rotation. And I mean, it might be hard to get reps um, because you've got obviously miles and Zedarius and Oboe. Um, but still you would expect a third round pick to try to step up and and make more of an impact. I'm talking, of course, about Alex Wright. Uh, You know, he did not fare well last year. He did not grade out well, did not 
have a sack and very few pressures. The one thing that he did do was excel at batting down passes at the line of scrimmage. So you can find a role for that even at times, you know, when, when you think that someone has an issue with that, you know, you can roll somebody in there just to get their hands Look at up. what the Steelers would do to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, we've seen it happen firsthand. <laughs> right. So if you have a, a quarterback that struggles with that, you know, yeah. you can throw Alex in there and, you know, it's something that he does very, very well. Uh, so he could have carved out a little niche for himself in that way. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, these guys are going to be out for a significant period of time. Uh, I believe that one or both of them will have surgeries, and that's going to be a huge setback. That will be a huge setback. They've got to keep their eyes peeled for more edge rushers. Now, they signed one this morning in Charles Wiley, but he's a young guy, too, a very developmental guy, a back-end roster kind of guy. So they're going to have to figure out uh, how they want to handle that rotation. I think they need to go out and they need to try to find another sort of number four edge. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's tough for those two. Again, opportunity was there, and now they're, they're going to miss out on some like, of that. Mildly interesting with at least one of them, Dan. I think it was before the Hall of Fame game when Zadarius was out to the side, like working with the trainer briefly, and like Isaiah Thomas yeah. was the next man up on that side. So you know, it's like it's again, it's training camp. It's it was only I think mildly interesting, but it was interesting enough that like both of us it kind of piqued our, yeah, our I mean, interest when we see him out there with the with that group. That stuff you notice. Yeah. I mean, you don't normally yeah. would think like it would be. Zadarius and then you know Oboe I think was sitting out that drill too so then you'd think Alex Wright would be the first person right. up and it was not Alex Wright it was Isaiah and, Thomas I mean like it's interesting I think that matters too because like when I talked to Isaiah Thomas for that story at the Greenbrier like he even mentioned being like well I'm number one behind Miles Garrett right now <laughs> on the other side so like it was interesting that they pulled him over and even that he was right behind Miles I think was was interesting I mean I think they liked both of them and they really you know I think like Isaiah, for as much as you can like a seventh-round pick, they really like him, knowing where he was drafted. Yeah. And we must mention that even though Jadavian Clowney <laughs> is still out there and available yes. on the free agent market, not happening. Oh, okay. <laughs> not happening. They are not going to go to that well. He burned that bridge. And, right, yeah. even though, even though he uh, is looking for work, it's, it's not going to happen I, here. I think even with the rain, if you look far, like if you squint high above cross-country mortgage <laughs> campus, you can still see the smoke that exactly. and Clowney left in his wake when he burned the we're gonna go. Here. We're going to go in the locker room the first week of open <laughs> locker room, and there's just going to be like smoldering like embers or whatever yeah, just sitting burnt yeah wood like, where that yeah. locker used not, to be. the locker is going to be taped up and closed yeah i mean and it comes up today also because jj3 mm. resigned back with the rams mm-hmm. kareem, and then hunt. kareem hunt is down visiting the saints so you know these three sort of biggish name browns players that were still floating around out there are now finding their homes mm-hmm. this is the time of year where people are like scrambling to, to to grab those last couple of guys that are out there but not going to happen here for Jadavian. yeah and these veteran guys i heard an interview with and and sue on uh, uh it was brian rosillo's podcast and he asked him like you know are you at a point in your career where you just wait till training camp is over and you're like all right i'm good and he basically admitted that, that these yeah. veterans yeah that's especially Jadavian, yeah. who doesn't like to take part in these practices, we know, and right. take get veterans' days off and things like that. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see if Clowney ends up anywhere. We'll see if Kareem ends. New Orleans is just like the rehab hub for Browns 
former Browns players, They're Landry good. and Kareem Hunt. And so, yeah, we'll see where that goes. All right, I think that's everything here on the Orange to Brown Talk podcast. We have an off day on Tuesday, so we'll be back Wednesday with a practice pod. We'll do a Hey MK on Thursday, and then we'll do some sort of post-game pod, either late Friday night or some at some point on Saturday. Uh, we'll bring you a post-game podcast after the Commanders game. So just get subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube. Search Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com on YouTube. Subscribe to our Instagram. Look for Orange or Brown Talk there, all one word. And also become a football insider. Subscribe to Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Uh, newsletter, texting, and access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. Um, Ashley, you're working on a James Hudson story, right? It's published. It's published. It's up. <laughs> Mary Kay, what can people find from you? This I is a new actually, segment. I actually... <laughs> Dan's so excited. He's I, I did a couple of different things today. A lot of injury updates is what I was working on today. Uh, we I don't even know if we mentioned that poor Drew Forbes was carted yeah. off the yeah, field we did not today that. Back uh, injury. with Forbes a back injury. back injury, and he's you know he's a backup guard working right behind mm-hmm. Wyatt Teller. So and I think he had a really good chance of making the team. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, but I did some injury updates. I always do the what happened at Brown's training camp, and then uh, I just a little short separate. Uh, we talked to Bill Callahan today, and he was so good talking about all the def- different um, offensive linemen. And so I'm kind of splitting those up into little posts. And so I just did the one on, on Jed Wills. And basically the focus is, what do they need to see from Jed still? And it, I thought it was pretty interesting. Okay. I accidentally published a story. It was supposed to go up Wednesday morning or Tuesday. See, my days are all messed up. It was supposed to go up Tuesday morning. I accidentally hit publish on it. So it's up now Absolutely. about the linebackers. Yeah, see, only Taki Taki and Anthony Walker. Uh, got an Ephraim Banda feature too up. So Cleveland.com slash Browns. All that stuff is right there. We need to keep doing that. We're going to have like a segment at the end. Where we, we're just going to call it promote your stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.